Hello, critics, non-critics, and friends. Welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network, where we discuss film, TV, and all things Hollywood here on the show. I'm your host, Christian, and I'm joined by two friends of the show today. We have Amanda from Candid Cinema and YouTuber Charya Chawla to continue our celebration of 20 Years of Magic with the Harry Potter movie series review with our Half-Blood Prince review, not Blood, Blood, sorry. And before we begin today's show, you can listen to our podcast on platforms around the internet. If you're a new or seasoned listener, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Film Optics. That is Optics with an X. Sharia, how are you doing today, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm doing good. Take two. <laughs> Take two. Yes. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, we're, we're very happy that you're here, man. Like, absolutely. I'm I knew like when I asked you to come on and I was like, yeah, like we're doing this thing. I'm like, half up Prince is like a little far away, but you know, mm-hmm. that's the one you really want to do. That's totally fine. So we're, we're happy to have you here for sure. So glad to be here. <laughs> <laughs> Who did that? And was that of course, you or was that Amanda? <laughs> no, no, that was me. That was that's me. always interesting. Christian has that on lock. It's so good. <laughs> and I guess we have to talk about the other elephant in the room. <laughs> Amanda, how are you doing today? Happy Hello. to have you back on. Round are two, you, Harry Potter. Are you, though? Are you happy? Uh, I've been talking I mean, with I didn't want to say weekend. anything, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I had a conversation with Sharia, you know, before you came in. Today. I, was, I, was told, I was told this is a one-on-one. I, like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I forgot to uninvite her. I just popped up. It's okay. Yeah. I'm here. <laughs> The best one is here. No, I'm joking. Um, I've been potting with you all weekend. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Apologize. It's all good. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm tired, fam. I'm tired. Yeah. It's a lazy Sunday. But since we're recording on Sunday, I'm sorry that we just, I kind of just gave away the date here. Um, no, it's, it's whatever. But yeah, I'm so happy to be here to talk about the Half-Blood Prince. It's like top Five. I'll say top five, so it's not as controversial. You guys don't hate me, um, but it's top five <laughs> Harry Potter films. So I'm excited. Oh no, I have a way more controversial opinion. I have a way more controversial opinion about this. So. <laughs> I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'll probably cry. <laughs> no, it's all good. So yeah, we are here talking about Harry Potter and the Half Blood Prince. But before we begin, get into that review really quick for Sharia, what was your introduction to Harry Potter, and what is your Hogwarts house? All right, so my introduction was, well, with the first book, when it came out in 97, um, my my dad actually had the book. He read it before me because I was younger. Um, but I remember a lot of kids in school starting to talk about it, a lot of people who kept referencing this movie that was about to come out. So we fast forward to 2001. I'm like, hey, I want to read this book that everybody seems to be going on and on about. And my dad and I, because I was still in the sort of beginning phases of trying to read a book, sort of helped me out, read the book, and then we watched the movie, and the rest is history. We just followed it through every time after that. And what is your Slytherin hat? It's not your Slytherin hat. God damn, damn it. it, I gave it away. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Slytherin. You He's a proud Slytherin. <laughs> He's Picture a proud himself. Slytherin just like me. I said, so what's your Slytherin house? Day I one, meant- day one, Pottermore. I did that quiz thingy, and I got Slytherin, and I just... Yes. I stuck with it. I yeah. did too. Yeah, well, you know, the other one, she's a Gryffindor now. No. So. <laughs> I'm now I'm referred to as the other one. That's fine. <laughs> it's okay, I'll take it. No, it's all right. But uh, for uh, recording sake, Amanda, do you want to give a short little spiel of 
what your um, introduction to Harry Potter was now that we know that you're a, you know, Gryffindor. But yeah, I am a Gryffindor and proud. But the first time I took the Pottermore quiz, I was actually Slytherin. So I think I was just in a weird, I was having a weird day answering those questions. She said, this won't do. <laughs> I, I was young. Things change. Houses change. Um, but yeah, I'm Gryffindor and proud. I, I bought a Gryffindor pillow um, in, uh, in Hogsmeade. Uh, when I went to the Universal Studios uh, theme park. So that was a lot of fun and it was the best thing that I have. Um, but yeah, for me, I started late. I wasn't allowed to watch movies like Harry Potter or Narnia or Lord of the Rings growing up because it was just scary and my parents kind of shielded me from all of that um and i don't like them for that no i'm joking <laughs> we're not speaking terms anymore <laughs> we don't talk i went the whole 180 um now i'm a horror fan so um yeah i i got um philosopher's stone here because that's what's called here mm. um on dvd for christmas I, I don't remember who gave it to me and uh i'm like you know what i got up there and i'm like I'm going to watch this. I'm not going to be scared. And then I fell in love with it. I absolutely fell in love with it. I bought all the books. Um, I went to like midnight release parties for mm. Half-Blood Prince and Deathly Hollows, And then the movie, like, I think it was at the Order of the Phoenix in theaters. And that was the first one I watched in theaters. Um, but yeah, even though I started late, I fell in love with it, as we all know. And uh, yeah, Gryffindor and Proud fan. I'm sorry, that was not the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> Ten oh. points from Gryffindor. Ah, <laughs> oh, nuts. <laughs> um, but yeah, for everyone uh, who may be listening for the first time to the uh, podcast, welcome, welcome. Um, but to get my little spiel, uh, much like Sharia, it was it was there for me for like day one. Like my first grade teacher used to read us. Uh, chapter a day for um the uh, sorcerer's stone i think we're like literally the only country yeah <laughs> who says sorcerer's stone and i read special. into it apparently kids aren't gonna know what a philosopher's stone is but when you switch it over to sorcerer's stone it's like you gotta dumb it down for us americans apparently so <laughs> and isn't it just like so ox because you have a different cover too like because you have to change it from philosophers to sorcerer yeah. and it's just like the most annoying thing and yeah, and they they had to do every single take within philosopher and sorcerer stone to save to, to save for for both regions. I'm like, okay, this is annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I still to say sorcerer. I know it's philosopher stone, but I still say sorcerer stone just because that's what I grew up with myself. But yeah, that's pretty much you know, it's it's been a part of my life, um, like for for as long as I can remember, honestly. And um, I I was on the hunt to re um recollect my my set because i lost two books and like a thousand different moves that i've had from like college to like now and that was uh order of the phoenix and deathly hollows and i went over to my bookstore thinking it was going to be in the young adult section and nope it's in the middle children's section so the middle age children's series section whatever i'm like this this doesn't belong here though like i get it like it is a story quote unquote for kids but as we know there's a lot of crap that happens in here that is not for the <laughs> <laughs> like it's different for us because we grew up with the books mm -hmm. so it's like when we were eight nine like seven years old like you know learning how to read whatnot like the first book it was fun it was amazing and then you went to chamber of secrets and then you take this hard left turn 
And then it says Azkaban and then <laughs> everything over there. So I was like, yeah, I, 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 I asked him like, I feel like that should be in the young adults, <laughs> your young fantasy. You know, it's interesting. Like, I think we were four books in um, as a family unit, you know, we were getting through it. And I remember at the end of the fourth one, Voldemort comes back and then the secretary dies and everything. And I remember um, that time I was still reading it. It was my dad reading it at the same time. I, I remember order came out and he was like, you know what? Wait a year or two because it just got so dark suddenly. Yeah. You know, yeah. like Goblet had this, like I still remember we were in the theater for Goblet of Fire and the ending is is insane. It's pretty dark for, for a mm. kid's series. And suddenly it's it like, is. we got to take a step back. We have to take just a moment. And be like, now this series is shifting. It's going to get darker and darker because, you know, this guy's here now. So, yeah, it was it was funny that way. It's just sort of one year delay in the on the rest of the books then after that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I think your yeah. parents had definitely the right idea for that, too. Because it's sure. like, I mean, even here yeah. in the States, like, I mean, my sister grew up with it as well. But she couldn't pronounce Hermione, so she would say Hermione. So. Oh, that's so cute. Her I love that. And then one of my yeah. other friends, she was like, for the longest time, Christian, I thought Hermione's name was Jane because when my father, when her father read it to her, she he tried to pronounce Hermione. He's like, that's a stupid name. We're going to call her Jane. So he called her Jane through the entire like series. And then she was like, I mean, obviously when she got older, it's like, okay, I, I know what this is. But when I was younger, I'm like, that's not Hermione. That's Jane. I'm like, wow, that's, that was crazy. She had told me that story, but yeah, it really is weird. Cause it's like, it, it just takes that hard, like right turn when, you know, everything kind of just gets more serious. And I think Shari's parents were definitely, you know, there for that. And it was, uh, all right. Yeah. So today is not our day, ladies and gentlemen, we keep running into technical difficulties, but it's okay because we're still here talking about Harry Potter. So before we run into any more, We'll be right back with our Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince review right after this short break. He's a perfect liberty to kiss whomever he likes. I really couldn't care less. Was I under the impression he and I would be attending Slughorn's Christmas party together? Yes. Now, given the circumstances, I've had to make other arrangements. Have you? Yes. Why? Well, I just thought, seeing as neither of us can go with who we'd really like to, should go together as friends. Why didn't I think of that? Who are you going with? Um, it's a surprise. Anyway, it's you we've got to worry about. You can't just take anyone. See that girl over there? That's Ramilda Vane. Apparently she's trying to smuggle you a love potion. Really? Hey, she's only interested in you because she thinks you're the chosen one. But I am the chosen one. Okay, sorry. Um, kidding. I'd, um, ask someone I like. Someone cool. All right, and we are back with our Harry Potter in the Half Blood Prince review. Uh, this movie was directed by David Yates yet again, and comes uh, writers coming back: Steve Close and of course J.K. Rowling, uh, crediting the novel, and stars Daniel Radcliffe, Rupert Grant, Emma Watson, and the whole the whole gang. You know, we, we got some new faces in there as well. Um, I'm not going to read this the synopsis because it's like if you haven't seen it by now, it's on HBO Max. The entire series is there. Just pay 10 bucks a month and you can watch it. You can probably watch it in like a weekend or like a week, depending on your schedule. But we are here talking about 
our Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince review. So how this is going to go, you know, we'll give our um, our initial reactions on our rewatch first, and then we'll kind of just, you know, casually go into the uh, the initial breaking down of the film. But I want to ask Sharia, because I know he's a very big Half-Blood Prince fan, unlike the other person in the room. Um, <laughs> so, sorry. Oh, no. <laughs> oh my god so sorry i know you have a lot to say about i'm i'm, I'm interested to hear these hot takes you, you've been uh rumbling up in the uh, the group chat so i'll pass it over to you you know did you get a chance to rewatch this and what were your thoughts on the rewatch of the film has it changed your perspective of the film after all these years so my rewatch was actually not recent, but yes, they did change. So I think for me, I, I, I well, how do I put this? Hmm. This may, this might arguably be my favorite one of the eight movies. And I, there's a reason for it. So what I really like about it is that this is like, how did we start off with this series? We started off with them as kids. They got to this magical school and they're discovering all of these new things, developing relationships, friendships, and that's how we've connected with them over the years. You know, so now that they're in these situations, we we care about them. What's so great about Half Blood Prince, especially as a movie, is like we're right. We know what the next one is because this came out after that last book. We know what's coming. So this was the last chance to spend time with them and sort of revisit that side of them as characters. You know, as as them as students, there's a lot. It's a very lighthearted movie, surprisingly. Like it gets dark towards the third act, but the the first two thirds of it, there's a lot of humor to it. It's um, surprisingly like we kept talking about how the series gets darker, but this is also rated PG, which was kind of weird. And I remember like, but it happened. And I remember that I like the fact that this movie just sort of reminds you why you love these characters and why you love this world and with all those like we played that clip just now where talking about who to take to this to this dance with uh slughorns and uh, like these kind of moments as they're you know figuring out this teenager stuff all while lord Voldemort is bringing together the, the death eaters and it's like causing havoc and i don't know all of that despite all that we're being able to create a balance of that and this more um, innocent stuff. We we cannot forget at the end of the day that they're kids. And so I like the fact that the film never does that. So I love it for that reason. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. You know, these, uh, you know, Harry and his gang, Hermione and Ron, you know, they're mm -hmm. all 16 now. So, you know, it's it's really, you know, they're, they're at that age, you know, like they're still adolescents for sure. But I do agree with you when like, yes, it is a very dark story, but it does balance out those funny moments because there's still a lot of magic and like you know just wonder and like a lot of awe left in this world despite everything that is happening and you kind of see okay. that just with the uh the film grade because like i watch i was watching it on my um my 4k set actually for the first time because i haven't had a chance to 4k and, you know, set huh? 4K yeah, set. Uh, yeah I'm, all, I'm all over here Show mr up. big spender <laughs> that was a christmas present i gotta i gotta do that too though he has a 4k set people it's like 4k <laughs> get on my level i only have the last three on blu-ray and the restaurant the DVD. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same here actually oh i only God. had six. it breaks you know my heart but we like, do have 
Sorry, go ahead. No, no, it's like there's a nostalgia. Like it just yeah. when you put on the philosopher's sure, yeah. stone, sorcerer's stone. Sorry. Thank you. But like <laughs> I have to be considered. Cultural appropriation, um, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's like this nostalgia of putting on the DVD versus the Blu-ray, but yeah. I'm I'm always like I'm a big tech guy, so I'm like I always have to have like the next like big mm-hmm. thing, like even with like Lord of the Rings and stuff. But going back to the Half Blood Prince, it's just when you like the color grading itself, like it's not as vibrant as in years mm-hmm. past. Like even Flo- uh, not Philosopher's Stone, my gosh, Order of the Phoenix, like mm-hmm. there was a lot of vibrant colors, but you know you obviously see that more towards with Sorcerer Stone and with um, Chamber of Secrets, but it's like it's kind of like almost grayed out in a way like it's yeah. very mm, yeah. i guess Zack snyder <laughs> color grading yes it's, it's like a, I, I was gonna say like a turquoise green sort of yep. yeah the whole thing. and yeah. i feel like the turquoise like you brought that up it kind of mm. matches voldemort in the way yeah, he sure. looks too mm. so like that's really cool how they did that but for me even like the warner brothers logo i think it's like the most beautiful yeah. thing that they could have done to mm. actually add to like the darkness, like <laughs> bad things are about to happen as mm. you watch the Warner Brothers logo turn to like steel you get to Deathly Hollows and it's just a black screen. Yeah. You're like, oh my god, who's gonna die? And then we know, but at the same time, yeah. it's like, ah, oh, no, I'm like we don't want that. Rated PG. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they sorry, did no, but like even the kills because I guess like. It, you're just like pew and like the wand just like you know what I mean it's like light it's like pew okay it's, it's like only the only actual light that death. crosses my screen yeah it's like you only see light so it's not as brutal as like a death scene would normally do like be if it was like a gunshot or like a, a knife or something so it's surprising that they could do all those deaths with yeah. like a PG rating. right I thought right. the sectum sempra moment like with Malfoy I was like oh my god that's that's brutal same it's that like is there red on my screen screen right now i can actually yeah i know what you mean yeah, that was great we'll talk about malfoy i got words about uh, <laughs> oh yes uh, Mal- okay but uh amanda did you get a chance to rewatch this and have your uh views on the uh film changed yeah so i did a whole marathon during the pandemic and that was like my my no i think it was i lied in march i watched the half-blood friends I lied. I think it was more this. March. We're still technically in a pandemic. So. I meant it's also true, but I meant like lo- I meant lockdown, not pandemic. Uh, Any, lockdown here. That is the right word to use. But I did rewatch mm. it. Um, but with the Half Blood Prince, for me, it's like that's where all the teenage angst was, and I love Ron and Hermione as a pairing. I've always found like this was the kind of turning point for them, and um, mm. yeah, Harry's great. He's cool. But um, in this case, like with Lavender Brown and also like Hermione starting to feel like, oh, crap, like Mm. I have feelings for Ron. And then what I loved was how platonic Harry and Hermione's relationship was where he was there for her as well. Um, So that entire side of it where like we did, we did say that they are 16, you know, hormones are raging. It's a completely Mm. different version of them and they're growing into these young adults and we see that and it's it is like the last time that we're going to see them with such innocence and purity and just living regular lives as teenagers heading into what's coming up so as we said before but i just i really love that it was more like 
brawn focused and like the love potions are cute like it's a lot of cute things with slughorn um <laughs> even though he's like he's not my favorite professor but he's very of course he's person. not he's the slytherin why would you like him <laughs> <laughs> He's a very interesting person. I, I I just thought it was like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? But the comedic beats, I didn't think Daniel Radcliffe could be so funny with the Felix Felices. Uh, we were talking about it yesterday, Christian, like that bridge yeah. scene when he's sneaking out of the castle. The pin says it's like the funniest thing ever. And he acts like he's drunk. Like it's just, the, it's so great. But yeah, comedic beats, teenage angst. And then you actually get character backstories that we've been waiting for. Um, so yeah, it's one of the most well-rounded Harry Potter films, I think, because it just touches upon everybody and it's one of my favorites. So, yeah, I, I, I do, I do agree with you there. It's, it is a very, um, it's just, um, like everything that's going on and then you, you still have these small, like humanity moments, you know, throughout the school and like all the jokes that they, um, that that they're able to kind of pull off, but Shari, I'm I'm interested to hear these uh, these hot takes you have. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I, I'll 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 set the timer for you. No, <laughs> uh, I I already said the one. Okay, I already said the one. <laughs> I already told you the one. This arguably might be my favorite one, and I think it's a hot take more amongst like my my friends because I remember when this first came out, 2009, whatever. Um, I remember a lot of them went to see it and they didn't like it. And they were like, well, nothing happens. They're just talking for so long. There's no action to it. Well, yeah, but does that make it a bad movie or like a movie that you frown upon? Because that's some nonsense. Um, and yeah, that was the weirdest thing. And I, rem- I remember I saw it a little later. I think there was a lot of things going on that time. For about two solid months, the only movie I saw in the theater that time was Transformers Revenge of the Fallen. Um, but, God, I remember so good. Woo! Jokes. Yeah, so my- everybody hated me for that one. But um, I- eventually when I did get to Half-Blood Prince, I was like, I don't know what you people are talking about. This is a really great movie. And I've every time I've seen it since. This is also the one of only two Harry Potter movies I saw in IMAX. It was this really? and Azkaban. It's yes. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I've and never seen them in IMAX, but yeah. yeah. But this was Did you watch Deathly Hollows in IMAX? No, I, I, I was a I was a common folk. I went to the standard screen. <laughs> oh man. I mean back then I was like to me, back then, you know, when it came out, it's like more money or I can just see it for, you know, I wasn't much of a tech wizard then. Yeah, but, you know, they did do a re-release in like 2016, I think, before. This is how I ended up seeing it in IMAX, in fact, because the rewatch was they did a re-release before the first Fantastic Beasts and they released all the movies for like yep. $5. Yeah. And you could watch it. And I watched Half the Prince. And I was, yep. there's this, I actually forget that despite the you know themes we talked about regarding the you know the innocence of these characters, it's a on the scale, it's a massive movie, you know. Yeah. So two hours and thirty minutes, like runtime. But it like, doesn't yeah. feel. But it, it doesn't never feel feels like, it. like that. No, it doesn't. Every time I watch it, I'm like, oh damn! Like it's not even that bad. It's like watching uh, Sorcerer. I almost said Philoxerer Stone. What am I talking about? And, no. <laughs> when I was watching Sorcerer's Stone, like for a rewatch, is I mean I rewatch them every year, but it's like. That movie just blows by me. But like, same thing with uh, Apple Prince. But go go ahead, Shari. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, no. I was just saying like, oh, well, yeah, the pacing is amazing. But it's also like, 
the when you especially when you get to the third act and they're, they're in that place to find the horcrux like the size and scale of this thing like it's like once it, yeah once you get there it's like it's it's pretty remarkable actually it's a visually stunning mm-hmm. movie and it was nominated for that cinematography so yeah 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 the only, the only there one. was someone who was the cinematographer because i think he was like um there are some like beautiful shots well-known. in this maybe he was well known and everyone's like oh my god he's so great yeah <laughs> it, i mean even with um uh was it john williams not even being a part of like the score like i mean they use a few bits from the soundtrack from philosopher's stone when um when ron's you know trying out you know i think it's called um weirdly enough it's 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 a very like light-hearted like i love this score but it's called like dumbledore's army i believe that's like yes. the actual yes. name of it and it's it's that very yeah like so i I like how they kind of re- repurpose that for other things. But uh, mm. go ahead, Shia. Yeah, Bruno Del Bono is the cinematographer. Oh, yeah. Bruno Del Bono. Very interesting. I'm not sure who that is, but yeah, job well I, done. Sorry. <laughs> so he did He did French Dispatch just now. And did he? Yeah. yeah. He also did. And, uh, uh, yeah, sorry. Continue. No, go ahead. Say no, it. no, no. Continue. I think I saw Tragedy <laughs> Macbeth on his list, or am I wrong? Uh, no, I saw Amelie and Inside Lewin Davis. Um, Never mind. The covers were. Oh, and Tragedy of Macbeth. Yes, he is also. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, you're right. Congratulations. (laughs) (laughs) But those are. Tragedy of Macbeth looks mint. So maybe he'll finally. Yeah, maybe get recognition. That's cool. Yeah. I agree, though. The mm. cinematography was beautiful. And especially when he, like, you know, confronts Snape. But I wanted to touch on what Amanda was talking about, the relationship between Harry and Ron and Hermione. And, I mean, for the longest time, even the books, it's mm. like, you would think, like, oh, Harry's the main character, and then there's Hermione, whatever, whatever. But no, obviously, like, I really mm. like how it makes more sense. Like, when I was younger, I was like, well, why didn't Harry end up with Hermione? But now, you know, being older, it's like, it makes sense because they are, I mean, Ron and Hermione are complete polar opposites, but like, yeah. that's, I guess that's the reason why they. Opposites attract, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, <laughs> it's, it's that. nice how they kind of said with throughout the movie, because I believe Dumbledore had asked Harry, I believe it was in this movie mm-hmm. yeah. about the stat, you know, they're like, you know, like, oh, like I used to spend a lot of time with Granger. I couldn't help noticing, but he's like, yeah. oh, he's mm-hmm. like, no, he's like, she's great. And we're friends, but no. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, so now we can kind of like put that to bed. So it's like, that's never going to happen. Personally, I think Harry should have ended up with Cho Chang, but that's just me. Interesting. I, I, think I love they, Jenny Weasley in the books. Yeah, I was just about to say that. If they develop <laughs> Jenny the same way. There. Even in this yeah, movie, like. I agree. It makes no sense. that's where Harry's relationship with Jenny kind of starts off as well. So I guess you can say it's, you know, the, the romantic uh uh, book of the series and whatnot but it's it's not really there like you know she has her bits in um chamber of secrets but then you don't really see her she's kind of just like there throughout the rest you know for order of the phoenix she's more so in in the foreground but it's like out of nowhere you know she's dating dean thomas and then they've been fighting and then like out of nowhere she's like oh well, I, I i think i like harry now and then I don't know, but it's it's it, some great it stuff. It was forced. The book does forced. a way better job of it. I will yeah. say, yeah, like, it's more. Expensive. Yeah, Ginny and Harry were forced, unfortunately, but. Um, I mean, like it's cool. Like I mean, it's it's fine. Just <laughs> make that in the movie. I know. <laughs> it's the only thing I don't like about 
have blood pressure. This is literally yeah. the only thing. Because mm. it's just like, oh, we just kind of like each other. I also have a peeve with What's the up? half-blood prince. Um, Spill the tea. It's so minor, but when Snape actually says it, I thought that line delivery was absolutely horrible. And it was just so, it felt so weird the way he said it. I'm like, why would you, like, considering in context of the film, I'm like, this is just such an awkward placement. It's like the smallest thing, but like it felt weird to me. It's how it is in the book, actually, too. So I guess I don't yeah. know. I felt it felt weird. I don't know what it was. I was like, something's off. It just didn't. I don't know. It didn't make an like an impact for me. I was like, oh, okay. That's yeah. that's the wording, I guess. I just like I didn't like the delivery of it. Yeah, oh, that's true. So I mean, I guess both of you guys being big um, Half Life Prince fans, between the books and the films, are. Is there anything within the films that you think that they did a better job versus the book or vice versa? I guess we'll start with Sharia and then we'll go to the other one, Amanda. <laughs> um, I think. Uh, let's not go there. No. <laughs> I'm the one who's got the other wand. But I, oh, yeah. For the folks at home, I have a wand in my hand. It's the other one. So one thing I like about the movie a little bit more than the books is that it shows a few things that the book only mentions like, for instance, like one of the things I remember someone brought it up very notably was the first scene of the movie. You see the Death Eaters attra- uh, like attacking the place and, you know, the bridge collapse and everything. That's not in the book. In the book, it's like, oh, this event happened. And you you don't off, you don't get like just how much of a hold um, they're starting to get the, the you know, the um, Voldemort's army is starting to get on the world to the fact that now everybody... In, like normal people muggles are now being able to see it and and witness certain things that are off but i also really like the fact that i i, I don't know i mean would i say these are better than the book because i do think that the book has things that the movie definitely should have had as much as i love the film yeah like i mean it, it always gets a little muddled because i mean like as we were talking before you know before mm-hmm. we started between like how, how shari was saying some of his some of his friends didn't like uh goblet of fire all that much because mm-hmm. of the they liked the movie but the adaptation was kind of lost because it is such a big book and and for the longest time i thought and i think yeah amanda was on for this when we were talking about like should should have Gob- goblet of fire should have been like a part one part two situation and i believe amy who brought it up who was on um with us she was saying it would be a good idea but you also have to think about you know where these kids are you know and their actual like personal lives and you know by, by the yeah. time if, if we did a part one part two for like you know gobble of fire onward like <laughs> these kids are gonna <laughs> yeah. look super old you know trying to pull off scary. being like an 18 year old kid so yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting but amanda i guess i'll pass it over to you do you have any gripes of yeah pretty much just book versus movie adaptation uh was there anything you wish they would have shown or do you think anything the film did better I, I personally think that um, out of all of them, and this might be a controversial take as well, it's the best one that was adapted from the book because I really love reading The Half-Blood Prince and I think they did such a great job in two hours and 30 minutes. Of, of course, you can't fit everything, but I do think, as I said before, it's the most well-rounded where I felt like nothing was missing and they kind of like hit those emotional beats and they hit those character stories. We got more of Malfoy. We got more of Snape, as we said, more of Dumbledore because up until like six, 
bruv was MIA and like Harry needed assistance, spam. Like, where did you go? Well, he should have so, like, went to then, his friends. No, it, it's, that's what it's you Gryffindors true, like, do. A, <laughs> which was my biggest issue with even Order of the Phoenix because he's not there. And, yeah. you know, in the movie, he's even less so. In the book, he's barely there anyway. So that's the only thing is like, I, I love that we dived into those aspects the one thing that i absolutely loved about the book was again i'm gonna say it the ron and hermione and then lavender type of situation um and the romance aspect of it i didn't think that we were gonna get like any romantic relationships like to that extent and dive into it but i think that the again the teenage <laughs> was uh was probably like uh my favorite thing about the book but i think they adapted it quite well yeah i mean lavender brown was third Steve, <laughs> like I understand, girl. It's Ron Weasley. <laughs> I get it. Like, I mean, yeah. it was. I mean, it just like I, I guess from people who. I mean, because when people usually just watch the films, it's like you know, oh, this is this crazy lavender brown girl. It's like, well, you know, there's all talk about the love potions and you know Harry almost getting you know attacked for that, but then it like backfiring on Ron. And I, I think what I really actually do like about this book overall aside from like all the relationship stuff is that we actually dive more into Malfoy because mm -hmm. for mm -hmm. a few, like for a few, uh, at least for the series, like for the movies mm -hmm. between, I would say, mm, I would actually say between like Azkaban up till now, I mean, like he's kind of sort of in order of the Phoenix, you know, he's helping out uh, professor Umbridge and whatnot, but like you really get a mm -hmm. lot of, like, I mean, what Draco's going through, you know, he's been marked to hmm. kill Dumbledore. And I yeah. remember <laughs> when I was in, or I was in Boy Scouts, all right? So, like, this is this is when Half-Blood Prince first came out. And there was this one kid, his name was Chuck. No. I didn't no. like Chuck for whatever reason. We always butted oh, heads. Yeah. But we were big <laughs> Harry Potter fans, so we had that common ground. But he, I don't know what he said or did to me one, one day when we were at camp. Uh, we were away for camp for, like, a week. And that was the week that uh, Half-Blood Prince came out and we were both mm. reading it. And I finished it before him and he said something to me and I was so mad. And I was like, hey, Dumbledore dies. <laughs> so I, I spoiled. The worst. You were like, that person? Oh, oh I was. Because yeah. I forgot what he said to me, but he pissed me off. And I was like, yeah, by the way, um, Snape kills Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. <laughs> and he was... Didn't talk to me for like the rest of the trip. I, I mean, wouldn't have understandably, either. <laughs> but if I can remember what he said, he should not have said it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Don't test me, but oh I'm, I'm not a spoiler God. now, but go ahead. See, now, no, because now I know not to mess with you for the next month before Spider-Man. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm sure. Oh no, 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 no. Hey, never. Man, I would we're never. already pissed off. So. <laughs> I don't want to get <laughs> more pissed off. Yeah. So. Let's not go there with Spider-Man. So, uh. <laughs> but can I just say, can I just say about Malfoy, I like this before mm -hmm. between the book and the movie. The one thing they do is that I like that they don't give him much to say, you know, like they kind of let the, sort of the visuals like his emotions do the talking for the most part and by the mm. way tom, tom felton is amazing in this movie like this is his best so good. and um like all the scenes with him like you he does a really good job of like letting you in on the fact that this is really like this is killing him inside because you know it's like hey i've been this kind of bully i've been this kind of you know jerk for the last several like installments but 
now I'm having to kill this guy and I don't have that in me. I don't, I don't have that mm-hmm. in me. And in fact, um, we get towards the ending also. It's like, no, he, he probably wasn't going to do it because he was lowering his wand there. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's like, you, you can see it too. It's like, he's, he's trembling. Like he's yeah. not quite there. And it, it, it just really hits you because you're like this poor guy. He, the, and yeah, yeah the tragedy of it is, is really, really well done. It's like, I mean, even with, you know, Snape in the Unbreakable Vow that he does mm. with Malfoy's mother towards the beginning of, you know, of everything that's going on. And I mean, obviously, I, I feel like Snape probably would have helped out, Dr- excuse me, Draco prior, because I mean, as much as he quote unquote hates Harry, you know, that is Lily's son. So it's like he comes off very, very cold. But you, you see Snape playing both sides here. And, you know, as series goes on, you know, more things are revealed. But as of now, it's like, you know, Harry has this, this, I mean, you know, oh, I was right all along, you know, like Snape has always been, you know, this sus little sneaky little, you know, snake just slithering around and whatnot. So, but, you know, you really see, you kind of see it in in the movie where Snape's kind of just like done. He doesn't want to do what, you know, mm-hmm. Dumbledore, the, the the biggest manipulative wizard of them all, mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> Yeah, I love the line too, where he's like, "Has it occurred to you? I don't want to do this anymore." And I mean, it kind of works out in Snape's favor because you know, I mean, Snape had to, you know, that was their plan all along for Snape to mm-hmm. kill Dumbledore. And it's like, man, oh man, it's it's so crazy just how deep they have to go undercover to convince not only the Dark Wizards but like to put on this huge charade for everyone. It's like naturally Harry's going to be pissed. And then, you know, we find out more about the uh, the Horcruxes as well. You know, we're getting the Slughorn, mm. a.k.a. one of the best Slytherins out there. So it, it just it just goes to show that oh, not yes. all Slytherins are solidarity. bad. We're, solidarity. We, solidarity. We are He's a proud a. house. He's okay. I, 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 I love his line. Get delivery. her off. Get her off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. I mean, what else is new? Um, but I really like how, uh, with Slughorn, with your first introduction to him, you know, he's, he's living in this muggle house and, you know, the death eaters have been trying to recruit him forever. And, you know, how, how it's just, it's so funny and crazy how manipulative Dumbledore can be because he knew what he was doing, you know, stealing Harry away from his nice little, like after coffee day with that girl and then going to Slughorn and be like, Oh, Hey, I have Harry Potter here, but like, oh, that's okay. You know, you don't want to come back to Hogwarts. It's fine. I get it. I know I lost cause when I see it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he said that. <laughs> and then Slughorn's like, fine, you know, but he's like, I don't, he's like, I want the bigger office and not the water closet I was in before. <laughs> he's like, these are mad times of living and mad. And then Dumbledore's like, you know, they are they indeed. Are. It's like, clearly, as we can see, everything that's going on, but I really, enjoy slughorn's presence because he's very you know like he likes to aka collect students Mm -hmm. as kind of like prized possessions and you know him talking about like oh you know uh harry you know your mother was in a few of my classes the whole goldfish thing and then him talking about sirius and he's like oh you know sirius passed away a few weeks ago and he was there so it's like maybe a little bit triggered but it just it's so crazy how I, I just really like his performance and everything with um Tom Riddle as well. You know, we just really get more into like the horror crux stuff, but 
I did have one small gripe when they're talking about the Horcruxes between Harry and Dumbledore. Harry didn't like think for a second, like, okay, you know, he knows about the Horcruxes. You know, he's Voldemort split his soul into seven different objects or what have you. And it's like, because there's like a second within the movie where, you know, Dumbledore is telling him all this stuff. Like, yeah, you know, he he can hide like part of his soul and whatever, whatever. And you have to kill in order to, you know, create a Horcrux. And then like for a second, you don't think Harry, Harry would be like, so like, am I like, is this, is this a reason why <laughs> we're connected? Like, is there like, cause literally, I think it was in either, I think it was in Chamber of Secrets when Dumbledore literally says, there's a part of, of Voldemort that's yeah. inside of you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Harry, let's make the connection. <laughs> Can we get it now? Like, it's yeah, like I know. it was like, I Professor, know. am I am I Horcrux? <laughs> <laughs> Is there a piece of Voldemort's soul living inside mm-hmm. of me? So it's like that's mm-hmm. the only small thing. I'm like, Harry, you're like, you're a very bright kid. Like let, let's. <laughs> Is he though? No. <laughs> he, I'm like for him to be the chosen one. He's kind of dumb, and like Hermione he has to. He gets a lot of spoon feeding. He has a lot of spoon feeding right? stuff info throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, That's he why really... he's never. I don't know. He wasn't my favorite character. Harry's reason, never really like... been like he's always been more of like a dick in the books. Like he really just has been. Yeah. Like you know, I mean, he's. Yeah. I mean, he's a kid that's been going through a lot. Like every like. You know, in his teenage years, like he did not have a amazing teenage experience. He is stressed. Okay. Very stressed. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see that in Order of Phoenix with like Half Blood Prince with like, yeah. I mean, I don't. I really dislike how they use the Half Blood Prince, like the potions book, mm-hmm. and kind of you know who is it? And it's like, oh, of course it's Snape, you know, the potions master. And I and I really did like the scene between um, when they're trying to create the uh, liquid death for uh or living death for liquid luck mm-hmm. and you know harry and ron have like a free period and then mm-hmm. you know they, that that's period. how they kind of <laughs> and yeah. yeah professor mcgonagall was like i'll take weasley with you it looks as far as you have you yeah but i wanted to I open think, up sorry go ahead. sorry sorry i was gonna mention i don't want to forget this i think uh the quidditch tryouts or one mm. of my favorite favorite moments, especially mm. for uh, for Ron and Hermione. Like I thought that mm. was really really cute how she kept uh, what was his name? I <laughs> was forgot. His, he was kind of name? there. The other Gryffindor. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm drawing the blank. Cormac McGlagan. McCormack. Yeah. Cor- yeah, Cormac yeah, yeah, yeah. Something. Yeah. So it was just funny. I'm like, yeah, like she's doing all of that. Yeah. I mean, funny. she. Yeah, she's she's crushing on him for McLaggan. sure. It's, it's, <laughs> i'm here to deliver a message and, sorry one more thing no you're good i was actually going to open it up to see if you sorry. guys no yeah. i was just gonna i was just gonna open up if you guys had any points that you wanted to bring up you know since we're mm-hmm. kind of just deep in conversation so go ahead amanda yeah you you brought up the horcruxes um and i i, I agree like it was so well done and like explaining what they were and then going back and knowing about tom riddle and his connection to dumbledore as well but my favorite aspect of this was actually um how they created the pensieve mm. i like mm. i literally got so emotional for whatever reason just because to actually create something that beautiful to like take your memory out of your head and then put it in there and then be able to see it as like a moving image, like in front of you. I thought it was like one of the most beautiful, um, you know, just visual pieces out of all 
the the movies. I think that's what really got me. For some reason, I'm like, I loved reading about it. And then to actually like see it, I thought that made such an impact. And it was such a like a special moment for mm. me anyway, because I, 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 yeah, I got emotional over it. But, <laughs> it's like, is this yeah. how wizards watch movies? It's like the script's all in my head. I just got to yeah. drop it in and then everyone just gather around and just it's so much easier. Dive in. <laughs> Boom. Like my original, the, the original, original script of. I don't know, mm. of whatever, <laughs> of the cursed <laughs> child. <laughs> they actually changed the working a little bit, if I remember correctly, because I think the first time Harry enters it in Goblet, when he sees the trial with Barty Crouch uh, mm-hmm. Jr., and that time he enters he it like it. it's a movie. And it's yeah. like, yeah, this one is like, it feels more like that sort of deep dive, you know, as if yeah. the whole world is creating around you. And that one was kind of like, Plop, here you are. Time's different. And um, I don't know. He put his whole head in it. He's like, bam. Like, you go. <laughs> You're going to learn. <laughs> You're going to learn today. <laughs> Speaking of the pensive, though, I will say one gripe I did have. Um, since we're talking about Horcruxes, one of the Horcruxes mm-hmm. is uh, a ring that belonged to Tom's mom. In the mm-hmm. book, there's that whole chapter, House of Gone chapter. And uh, you sort of explore that the origins of it like his parents and how that eventually leads into the second flashback which is what we saw in the movie with him as a kid and i don't know i feel like i feel like that one thing i would have liked to have seen in the movie too because it's like i feel like that's important in terms of like sort of expanding on voldemort's uh, yeah yeah. His, yeah, he, it's, like it's like oh it's oh it comes from up there like he wasn't just messed up to begin with like you know we saw yeah. up there <laughs> It's it's kind of like the, the the question where everyone's like, oh, you know, like if you can go back in time and like find Hitler, it's like, would you do it? And it's like you kind of see that here where Harry asks like, oh, like I think he asks Slughorn. He's like, did you know like back then, you know, like how do these beings of, you know, come into this type of power? Because obviously they weren't they were never always like that. But it's like. For some reason, the dude just started going to, you know, the restricted section, started looking up Horcruxes, and he's like, hey, you know, like, I could do this. And But it's kind of like his upbringing as well. But I do agree with Sharia with, you know, with that whole chapter in the book. I wish we did get a little bit more of that because I really loved how we learned more about how Voldemort became who he is today. And, like, his his whole transformation as to you know, why he became who he is and, you know, obviously him being the heir of Slytherin and whatnot um, and him being like a possible mouth because that kind of, I mean, even in the, uh, the flashback in the movie where he's like, Oh, you know, it's like, I can, you know, make people hurt, you know, who have, you know, mm-hmm. wronged me and whatnot. And then, you know, uh, Dumbledore is about to leave and he's like, Oh, he's like, I can speak to snakes too. And then Dumbledore's like, Oh, shit. <laughs> you have a sensor bar for that? Is that- yeah, yeah. It's the best. I need to. I need to come back on this podcast more. Oh my god! <laughs> the sound effects. I, I have a few others. I just haven't really had. Yeah, but it's it's very. Uh, it's 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 a handy piece of work for sure. Lovely. But yeah, it's like uh, you know, Dumbledore is just like. Jesus, like man, he's he's a possible tongue. Like, what is going on here? Like, he's be, being possible mouth. Like, oh my gosh, I I absolutely love it though. Like the, the whole story of just a half blood prince, and then you know, obviously them essentially going Horcrux hunting, 
mm-hmm. in this uh, film only for mm-hmm. it to be a fake. And then, you know, even with the end of the movie, it's it's it feels different because it's like, hey, you know, this is Harry's second to last year because he even says like year seven. Like mm-hmm. even on like my book, like Deadly Hallows, it literally says year seven, like on the spine. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it's not really year seven, is it? Like he kind of <laughs> not for him drops out, but like he kind of has to. So it's yeah. the, I think the the uh, movie does a really good job of kind of, you know, ushering people and like, you know, like this, like it all ends like, you know, with part one and part two, definitely hollows. And it's like, hey, you know, Harry's saying, like, I don't think he's like, I'm not coming back to Hogwarts next year. And then obviously his friends joining him. So it's it really sets up everything after Dumbledore's death because they don't have that aid or i guess you can say handicapped or whatever they, they don't have that reliable person the all the all-knowing person who's been able to essentially kind of hold their hand throughout the entire series like he is now it's not that he's at the he's like now permanently erased from this earth so it's kind of like now they really have to you know with harry proving himself within goblet of fire and then um especially in order to phoenix like you thought dumbledore was gone then he ain't coming back this time. So, well, <laughs> yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. That's too bad. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sad. it sucks, but I mean, it is what it is. But yeah, was there any other points you guys kind of wanted to touch on before I guess we kind of close out? It's more of a uh, shorter podcast than I thought it was going to be, but honestly, I'm not complaining. <laughs> it's been a long in, weekend. Though. What's up? And we're almost like an hour in, though. Like, I mean, yeah, technically. if you want to have without, you know, the, yeah, the technical difficulties, yeah, yeah. for yeah, sure. <laughs> but actually, really quick, uh, Shari, I wanted to ask who is your favorite, um, Harry Potter character just throughout the series? Is it, um, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna guess that it's Ron, but I'm not entirely sure. No, um, <laughs> it's not. Um, sorry, uh, actually. I don't know. Who is my favorite character? I've actually never given this any thought. It's a big yeah. question. Yeah. I mean, like, I guess yeah. nowadays it's really hard to answer that because it's more of like, what are the characters you gravitate more towards? Obviously, I, I only said Ron because I really <laughs> gravitate towards Ron, especially in the books. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So I guess I can change the question by saying, what character do you normally gravitate towards? Because usually for me, it's not usually the main character. So. No, right. I think I would say serious honestly like i don't know it's yeah i don't i don't know i just i remember when he first shows up and i i thought you know when you first get an introduction to him he's introduced as this sort of like this murderer who's escaped from a prison and all that and then of course you know he's none of that really he's he's a nice guy um i think something about that like once you get to know him like the misunderstanding to him i don't know something about that felt kind of relatable you know yeah. like, <laughs> no, he's a nice I, I, guy <laughs> once you get to know him <laughs> I mean, no because i've met so many people like that in like even in personal life who've just been like you know sometimes it's like college school or whatever someone will be like oh, don't don't talk to that person and it's like that person's like this and that and then you actually get to know them and it's like mm. no they're yeah. they're lovely people and they end up sometimes being some of the best people you've you've ever known i think that sort of embodiment was in serious because he just like especially in in order which um you get more of in the book but then you see it in the movie too Mm. he's he's like so much of a he's such a close presence to harry he's he's just and he's a very warm and like you know like family like like that's the closest thing he's ever had to that 
And it definitely feels like that. He's like, listen, I care about this kid. And I don't know, like even to even all the way to the end. Yeah. And like through like, I mean, even like with Order of Phoenix, you kind of see with, you know, the whole penetration of like Harry's mind where, you know, Snape actually tries to help him because, you know, all, all everything that's happening, you know, the Dark Lord isn't resting. And, you know, Harry kind of takes a peek into yeah. Snape's mind. And like, he's a very private guy, you know, he's just, seriously misunderstood in a way, I guess, but it's like, you know, he's been through a lot on his end and, you know, he, even though he doesn't always show it, like, especially, I guess more so in the movies, you know, he, he is, he's always there for Harry at the end of the day through, you know, for the sake of, you know, the, you know, love of his mother, which obviously doesn't really happen until Deadly Hallows, but I just figured I'd bring it up here, but yeah yeah it's, he's a it's, close it's, second it's, for me honestly snape as a mm, character same for sure same yeah. I, for me it's like and I, yeah, go, and serious. I go from like ron weasley being my number one and then i'm like mm. snape as my number two and it's like <laughs> that doesn't make any sense manda but sure but yeah i, I agree i think um snape is such an interesting character and the more that we get to explore him unfortunately we got a little snippet mm. um in part two, but I think that montage going back was really effective for what we got and kind of who he was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would have loved to see a bit more of Snape and his backstory mm-hmm. for like the saga as a whole. I think that was missing and a lot of people just hate him to hate him. Um, but he's so funny. And Alan Rickman, God bless his soul. He was just, mm-hmm. it's one of the best performances in a franchise ever. Oh, and he nails it. Yeah, like yeah. if if there's any like adaptation that like just hits it nail on the head, it's yeah. it's him. And of course, Ruby's Hagrid. I would I would have to say yeah. as well because oh, it's yeah. like that is that that's him to a T. It's crazy. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, I wish yeah, he was real. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to Hagrid's hut and chill with him. I mean, after this, you know, it was kind of caught fire after a while. It's like, I mean, Bellatrix <laughs> is strange was like just going off in this movie. By the way, like between yeah. like oh, the Chris, you know, the Christmas out, like, break and everything that happened, that's when it really showed. Before we close out, I just want to touch yeah. on this really quick. Like that's when it really showed how serious everything is. Like you know, like they're at Hogwarts, but. I mean, Harry comes, you know, to Ron's house for Christmas or for holiday break. And then, like, crap just hits the fan, like, you know, with everything that, with uh, Bellatrix, uh, the Strange, and Fenback. And it's just that whole scene was just very intense, where it's like things are changing outside of the walls of Hogwarts. And you, you know, you see that more so with uh, one of the, uh, I forgot the professor's name, the choir professor, where he's like bringing up the, um, I guess you could say more of the force field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I, I really like his his small little scene <laughs> when, you know, Harry's left on the train uh, due to Malfoy's, you know, snooping around and, and figuring out. And <laughs> he's like, oh, like, he's like, I've, I've been wondering where Luna and Harry have been. It's like names. And he's like, Professor, you've known me for six years. And he's like, no excuses, Potter. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> it's like, it really just shows, like, especially as soon as they get to Hogwarts, it's that's kind of like the first lighthearted scene like hey you know like there is a lot going on but you know these these people are still trying to you know just live their lives as if nothing is going on Mm. but you know it's this is the big elephant in the room that no one's really talking about 
within Half-Blood Prince, but you know, they do know there are other threats out there and then and that there is a war coming. So mm-hmm. kind of wanted to end it there. But really quick, did you guys have any other uh last closing thoughts before we kind of get out of here? No, since you brought since you brought that up, like I, I like the part right right after that, when they're in the dinner and Dumbledore gives that speech, especially, you know, um, their greatest weapon is you, like the, the goodness of yeah. the of everyone. It's like, yeah. hey, a kid walked through these halls too, and then he became, you know, um this this dark wizard, but became Darth you know. Vader, pretty much. So <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> that speech was kind of affecting, I remember. Just like He's got a fair point. Like, there's something about that that really hit, where it was like, man, even the nicest of kids, like Tom Riddle was this upstanding student, the best of the best. And then look at what he is now. And it's like this sort of tragedy. Yeah, that bittersweet (laughs) tragedy of it all hits you. I love it. Actually, it pans over to Malfoy, uh, of course, after he says that. It's like foreshadowing. foreshadowing. <laughs> like, mm, what's Malfoy up to this year? Let's, uh, you know, I, let's forget about the Ravenclaws and the Hufflepuffs. Mm. We never really see a lot of Hufflepuffs, unfortunately. You really don't. don't. They're, they're no. just there. They're very supportive. Besides Cedric, Diggory. I guess they're just mind their own business, you know? Let's yeah, they're like, we don't the want drama. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love how Luna, like, has that huge, like, lion's head, like, for the Quidditch match with Ron. She's so cute. It's like, she's a Ravenclaw, but, like, she's low-key. <laughs> Griffin Have you ever fixed a nose I'm, before? I've fixed several toes. How <laughs> <laughs> different are they, really? <laughs> I'm actually surprised that she was in Ravenclaw. If we're really going to look at it, I like I think she felt like she had more of a spirit of a Gryffindor. Um, I'm not saying she wasn't like not intelligent or studious enough to be a Ravenclaw to like look at her that way. But I don't know. I just felt like her spirit was more Gryffindor. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, everything that happens with, like the sorting hat, everyone's like, oh, you know, it's your characteristics. I'm like, well, it's not your characteristics mm. from what I've learned. It's more about what you value most. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. Hermione is very, very smart. And everyone's yeah. saying, oh, you know, like all the wisdom and knowledge she has, she should have been in Ravenclaw. It's like, well, she is those things. But yeah, she admires, you know, like the traits that she admires most. Uh, uh, the traits that she admires most. Wow, I cannot talk today. You know, <laughs> courage and bravery, things of that nature. Everything mm-hmm. that kind of makes her Gryffindor. Um, I know J.D. Duran <laughs> came on for uh, Order of the Phoenix. And he's like, oh, it's it's almost as if people shouldn't be like put in boxes. And I'm like, yeah. Like it, it was, it was a really funny remark, but I feel like it's more so just what traits you hold value the most over what your actual personality is. But mm-hmm. that's just my that's yeah, I two cents on it. But yeah. then again, yeah. they say, oh, you know, the sorting hat can just put you in whatever house you want. You know, it takes your preferences into account and it's like, okay, well that's, it is what it is. But I, I wonder how that database kind of works. Yeah, it's like a ruse experience with a sorting hat. It's like, huh, it's like we can't have too many Gryffindors or Ravenclaws or Hufflepuffs. <laughs> you have to like even it out. So it's like, yeah, yeah. You know, we're full on this side. So, you know, let, let's run a different code to see what we can come up with. I mean, for what it's worth, I became Slytherin because I was going through emo teen phase. So I'm emo teen for life, I guess. <laughs> I just, <laughs> that makes sense. I just, I just I really like break. how when I got... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I will yeah. break things. I will break things. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, like we always... And we've been talking about here on the movie series. It's more of like everyone... It's The movie's really just painted as like, oh, it's just Gryffindor. And 
and, and Slytherin and Slytherin like produces the most dark wizards. Ergo, they're bad. And it's like, mm-hmm. mm, not real. I mean, you see it with Slughorn, you see it with Snape. And even like they make references to like Merlin, obviously. But apparently mm. on Pottermore, Merlin was a Slytherin, you know, the, the actual mm. wizard Merlin. So I thought that was yeah. kind of cool. Nice little tidbits there. But yeah, it's... um. Yeah, I mean, the entire series, obviously, it's through Harry's eye. So it's like Gryffindors and Slytherins are two sides of the same coin. And there's reasons why they don't mm-hmm. like each other or why they're rivals. And it kind of just makes more sense. But yeah, um, I just really liked how I was surprised it got Slytherin the first time. I'm like, yeah, like at first I was like, I don't know. And then I was like, no, this is actually pretty cool. So, I mean, there's been other times where I've taken it, but like I, identified myself more as a Slytherin just because I mean I really like you know their their values and whatnot because I mean they're all I'm saying is Harry should have been a Slytherin that's all I'm saying great things great things what values yeah, uh, well, we're, we're very resourceful and Speed, we're very bro. cunning. <laughs> well, well, actually, guys, um, <laughs> well, actually, if you oh, look on actually. page seven, for the folks at home, he just adjusted his glasses. Um, <laughs> it's page 394. <laughs> I just, Snape was just great, like, even that small little dinner scene, and he's like, oh, he's like, he's like, not so fast, Potter. I have a, I have a message to deliver to you, and he's like, oh, um. Uh, Dumbledore's traveling, and he's like, "When is he going to be back?" And then he just looks at him, and walks away. <laughs> he's, <just> like, <laughs> he's like, "I don't have time for this kid." <laughs> like, I'm just giving you the message. You want to talk? <laughs> he's like, "Oh, now he wants to like <laughs> engage talk. in small talk." He's like, "I just wanted to deliver a message. That's it. Dumbledore's traveling. That's he'll be back when term resumes." It was. It was like one sided combo. <laughs> In 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 hindsight, in hindsight, there was that guy who uh, McLagan had just thrown up on yeah. him. Those, yeah, uh, those dragon thingies. So he was probably like, "Dude, I'm not talking. I gotta get out and change." He literally was just like, "Yeah, I, I don't I have time this kid anymore." <laughs> really? He's like, "Oh, now he wants to talk." He's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> but that's kind of why it. that's kind of why i like that speech moment even more with dumbledore right mm-hmm. because it's like the houses don't define you it's not it's like it's not about like no. okay yeah like 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 i said tom riddle was this great kid and then he became this evil person it's like but at the beginning of that you wouldn't have seen him as a typical slytherin he was just a great yeah. kid and yeah. so i like the idea it's more that, to like honor the houses like exactly. the founding you know the founders of hogwarts but sorry go yeah. ahead no, exactly. That's exactly what it is. It's like, yeah, sure. You get it as like a, a template over and you go into a separate common room and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, it's not about that. Like, and then of course they bring that home really well towards the end of the series, but that's a different podcast episode. But I just, uh, yeah, I just really like that fact. And um, I like the fact that even this one starts to bridge that gap a little bit more. You know, it's like, what difference is mm. it? doesn't matter what house you're in. Anyone can yeah. turn over and, and for the worse, you know, it's. I wonder if you can transfer houses. <laughs> like, yeah, like I'm not feeling this Hufflepuff life. Like, you know, they're too, they're, they're just too nice. Mm. I need, I need. I don't think you can. <laughs> I yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can either. I, I, I've always wondered that. I think they, pro- they think they tried to bring that up in Chamber of Secrets because yeah. when Harry starts to speak Parcel Tongue, it's like, hey, maybe I'm a Slytherin, and Sorting has like, 
I mean, you wanted Gryffindor. That's what you got. That's <laughs> like he says. So, I stand what I said last year. You would have done well. Yeah. It's like you got what you got. <laughs> yeah. Well, for sure. I think that's a really good place to stop. I just want to thank you guys so much for coming back on to the podcast, Amanda, and first time, uh, Sharia. Uh, you know, it's it's been a pleasure having you, man. Definitely, what would love. To have you back onto the podcast um i'm getting a little hungry myself i'm not gonna lie so we're gonna end up here but really quick i wanted to give you guys an opportunity to let everyone know where they can find you on the internet and what is coming up on your respective outlets uh we'll start with amanda and then we'll go to sharia and then i'll end it out oh yeah sure well this was fun um i love the half-blood prince and uh i love chatting with you guys christian i'm sorry you saw me the whole weekend mm, um <laughs> I mean, i'll get over it eventually <laughs> you guys can always find me over at amx nda reviews on twitter instagram and letterbox you can check out my website candidxcinema.com and my youtube candid cinema and make sure not to vote for amanda during the sci-fi <gasps> movie draft that is on for the suit up geeks podcast Rude. vote for team christian aka music city nerd because <laughs> i have the best team out of the bunch Facts. i'm gonna, I'm gonna win this thing yeah Maybe. we'll see <laughs> wow but uh sharia where can everyone find you on the internet yeah so you can find me on twitter and on youtube under the same name the my youtube channel is my name now and i recently i became a writer at screen rant so you can nice. find me over there every now and then i'm still in training so you're not going to see anything from me in the immediate future but we're working towards it yeah. uh, awesome but <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully that gig goes over well too. Oh, and just, um, I want to secure future votes from Amanda for a second. I'm wearing a Ben Affleck Batman t-shirt here. So uh, yeah! <laughs> bribery, bribery. Send me, can you send me the link? Cause I kind of want to buy it now. Yeah. So. Bribery. Everyone this knows is like Christian Bale. I love it. I love it. Everyone knows Christian Bale is the defendant of Batman until Robert Pattinson. That's I said Battenson for a reason. He's gonna. I'm telling. He's he's gonna be the best of all time. I got the votes though, bro. So it's like you got the votes. I'm sorry. That man didn't even so get his is. own movie. No. Hey. <laughs> no, it's 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 all it's it's all in good fun. But yeah, um, like I said before, or actually I didn't say this before, but you can find all of uh, the links to their twitters and their outlets in the description below on this podcast. So. What's coming up on our podcast, you ask? Uh, that's a very good question. So by the time this episode drops, we have our, our Cowboy Bebop review will be out on the podcast. So definitely go check that out. That'll be more of a spoiler-free thing since it's under embargo. You can't go too much into it. But as of this recording myself, I actually still have one more to go. So that's my past tense speaking to my future tense saying, you know, just, just finish it out. It's been a chore. That's all I got to say. Been a bit of a chore for that one. <clears throat> and then, yeah. of course, we also have our Ghostbusters Afterlife and King Richard review that will probably Sharia <laughs> put up a sign that said no one cares, <laughs> which is true. We do. You know, we, we do. Just, we do. I've seen it. <laughs> no, no. You, no, it's all good. Man. It's the way he would just like. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, by the way, no one cares. <laughs> But uh, of course, you know, continuing, we're we're almost at the finish line for our, our uh, movie series for Harry Potter. We have our Deathly Hallows Part One review that will be dropping the day before um, Thanksgiving, so that'll be a lot of fun. And then the uh, Part Two, of course, will. 
probably just be the last uh, December 1st kicking off the holiday season, even though I think the holiday season starts on, on November 1st. We can just nix October out of the entire calendar you know because i mean it's halloween whatever but (laughs) hey (laughs) i'm just saying as soon as october hits i'm like man i can't wait for thanksgiving to get here but i have 31 days in between it sucks i know it's terrible (laughs) but and we also i think we're also going to try to cover tick tick boom but it really just depends so um definitely those are a few things coming out on our podcast definitely check out our cowboy bebop review and check out my written pieces over on music city drive-in and Incession Film. I did a written piece for The Harder They Fall on Incession Film. And then one for, um, oh my gosh, ah, Apple TV Plus, Haley Seinfeld, Dickinson. Uh, episodes one through three over on uh, musiccitydriving.com. So definitely check out those respective sites. So uh, again, thank you guys so much for coming on. And I'm going to close this out here. So that's a wrap for today, everyone. Thank you all for listening. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter to stay in the know. That was Sharia, Amanda, and my name is Christian. And we'll see you guys in the next one.